future ready. I'm just gonna pray over the service as it kind of just after it's gone on and so it's kind of just kind of kind of set the tone. But Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God, we humble ourselves, Jesus, before you, God, that you would just use this night, Lord God, this night stamps history, God, that history you are gonna use each and every one of us to make, Lord God. But in this place, Lord God, we just humble ourselves before you, God, we forget everything from this week, Lord God.
God, we just thank you so much, Lord God. We thank you for this season that we're in, Lord God. We get to celebrate. It's all because of you. It's all because you sent your only son to die for us. And we believe that. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you that we can come in here and worship you. And we can praise you for all the things that you've done, Lord God. For all the things that you're doing in our lives and for all the things that you will do. Lord God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Chicago, home of the Windy City. Um, is there anybody else that thinks wind is annoying? Yeah. It's like any any sort of weather is annoying, and then when you add wind to it, I feel like it just makes it that much worse. I feel like, you know, snow, rain, even sun. It can be a nice, beautiful day out, but then you add wind on it, and that just makes it so much worse. Sorry, guys. Um, but we finally got all of our lights up on the outside of our house. We got all the, tree, the trees that we made. We put them in the yard. And then, like, literally the day we got everything set up, we uh, get this alert that it's like extreme wind, like, Make sure you pull everything in that you don't want knocked down. Tie all your trees up and everything. And so that was pretty annoying. Um, but what do you guys think? We're here. We're in a building. We're not in my living room. Um, so look around. Look at everybody. Look at this building. Praise God, right? Can you guys give God a round of applause for this building? I mean, seriously, there's been open doors, closed doors meetings and back and forth and what can we afford what can we what do we want and god really just landed us here and this is the exact community that we wanted to reach and so praise god i mean it just couldn't have worked out any better and couldn't have been a better facility and you know it's just amazing so anyway a couple announcements so if y'all aren't doing anything after service we have coffee and cookies so please please stick around so we can hang out and um, enjoy each other's company while we're here so uh, after service okay um, so last week we were talking about lights and how Jesus wants us to confidently walk through life Jesus wants us not to walk through life like we're walking to you know, there's two ways to walk to the bathroom in the middle of the night you either turn the light on and you start walking or you leave all the lights off and you sort of are kind of walking like making sure you don't stub your toe on anything, right? Well, Jesus wants us to walk life in the light. He doesn't want us walking through life like this. And sometimes we get in that habit and sometimes we begin walking through life like this. So we, we get in the habit of just sort of walking through life not confident. And God wants to open up his life. He wants to open up his life on our lives so that we can confidently walk. When we know we're supposed to be somewhere, when we know we're supposed to do something, he wants us to confidently walk as if we have the lights on. And so that's what we talked about last week, how Jesus wants us to, to walk life like that. 
Not like we're walking in the middle of the night. We read a scripture out of, out of John chapter 8, and it says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we can all agree, we talked about it last week, like whether you believe in God or not, whether it doesn't matter whether you've been to church or not, we all agree that life is better in the light than it is in the dark, right? Life is better in the light than it is in the dark. I mean, that, there's one reason why the Christmas story exists, and that's so Jesus can shine a great big light into this dark world. It's so Jesus can shine his light into the dark places of the world, the lonely, the scary places. Because, see, there's a lot of people who misunderstand why Jesus came. A lot of people think Jesus was sent by God to point out all the wrong things that people are doing. And like, like God is somehow like waiting for you to mess up. Like God is somehow waiting for you to make a mistake so he can bust you. And that's not it at all. He didn't come to the world to judge us. He didn't come into this world to condemn us. He didn't come for that. That's not what the Christmas story is about. He actually came to save us. To save us from that judgment. To save us from that condemnation. He came with, we talked about the two different lights. He came with a searchlight looking for us. Looking for us who were lost. Looking for us in those dark and broken places. He didn't come with a spotlight waiting to shine his light on all of our wrongdoing in our lives. He didn't come with a spotlight waiting to just question us. He came with a searchlight and looking for us. He's looking to get his people back. And that's why. How does he save us? He tells us to follow him. He gives us a better way to live. You know, there's two different paths. And Jesus knew that if we follow him, we'll live our lives in the light. He knew that if we follow him, we'll take the right path in the light. There's either the path of darkness and the path of light. And Jesus knew if we follow him, we'll be in the light. So he came with two important ingredients. The first one, he came with truth, right? So he shows us there's a better way to live. Jesus shows us there is a better way to live. There are certain things that he's called us to do. Not that we'll ever arrive, not that we'll ever be perfect. It's not like once you start following God, all of a sudden all the problems go away, all of our sins go away, all of a sudden we're perfect. No, sometimes you cuss a little bit during the week, but you're working on it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't change overnight. And Jesus came with that truth to show us that there's a better way. But the second thing he came with was grace. He came with grace because he was, he's not here to judge us. He's not here to give us what we deserve. We all know we, we deserve a whole lot worse than Jesus gives us some days, right? He also came to give us what we don't deserve. A lot of the things we have, we really don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. And that's the message that we've come to proclaim to this city. That's the message that we came. That's the reason why we're in this building. That's the reason why we're not still sitting in my living room. Because we needed to find a people that could, we, could, we needed to go to a dark and scary place and start to shine Jesus' light. And that's why we're here. Because Jesus gives us what we don't deserve. So why not we do the same thing? Those are the lenses that we have to bring. We have to, we have to bring this, a set of lenses that says, you know what? There is a God, and he's not mad at you. 
There is a God, and hey, this building is not going to strike. This building isn't going to be struck by lightning if you walk into this place. Some people really believe it. Some people look at their own lives, and they believe if they walk into a church that it's going to strike down with lightning, like God's just waiting. God's just waiting. And that's not it at all. And that's the message that we as the church need to bring. We need to share that good news of the gospel, which is God is not disappointed in us. God is not disappointed in you. And he's already done everything necessary so that judgment doesn't fall on us, right? Everyone say, what did he do? Good question. We're going to celebrate it in a couple of days. It's the Christmas story. What did God do? He took on flesh. He was born in a manger. He grew up, walked around the Middle East, telling people, shining light in the dark and scary places of people's lives. Then the religious people plot against him, and at 33 years old, he's crucified, dies. Three days later, he rises again. That's the Christmas story. When we believe that, God makes us the promise that Jesus' death is going to serve as payment for all of the mistakes that we've made. If we believe that all of that happened and we believe all of that's true, then God makes us a promise that Jesus' death serves as our payment for the mistakes that we've made. Amen? Amen? So when we, as believers, receive that forgiveness, we receive that forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me for my sins. I thank you that... I don't have to sit in judgment. I thank you that I'm not condemned. Not only do we believe that Jesus died for us, but we believe that Jesus actually comes and lives inside of us, right? We all believe that, that there is a better way. Jesus died for us. He forgave us of our sins. He comes and lives inside of us. And the Bible compares that to light. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who says, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. See, here's the thing. God makes his light shine in our hearts. We can't shine our own light. We can't, we can't even believe in Jesus. We can't understand anything about God. According to this scripture, we don't have the knowledge of God's glory that's displayed in Jesus unless God shines his light through us. Unless God actually shines his light in our dark places of our life, we can't even believe in it. We can't shine our own light. So that brings us to a very important question. And, and that's the question I wanted to ask you all here tonight is, is that it? Is that, what, is that what the Christian life is all about? Just receiving God's forgiveness and allowing God's light to shine in us. And oh, I escaped hell. I escaped judgment. I escaped the condemnation. Is that it? Is that really all that life is about? Because that would be a good thing. All of those things are good, but is that it? Or is there actually more that God's called us to do? Is there actually more that he's called you to do? Is there actually more that he's called you to do besides just receiving his forgiveness? Because the Bible says that we, have, we can live life and life to the full. And the life is here on earth. An abundant life, a full life, an exciting life here on earth. That's what God's called us to do. There's more than just we receive Christ because then if, that, if there wasn't more, once we receive Christ, we'd all be gone. We'd all be in heaven. Celebrating, living our happy lives in heaven. 
worshiping Jesus. But there's a call that we have here. There's something more to, to it than just receiving his forgiveness. Because it would be totally okay if, it, if that was it, but I think there's more. I, I'm going to propose that, yes, there is more. There, there is more than just allowing God to shine his light in our life. Everyone say there's more. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and in verse 8 it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. So we didn't do anything to be saved. It's all through faith. It's all through grace. And it is not from yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So just a couple of things. Handiwork, for we are God's handiwork, translates as masterpiece. So we are God's masterpiece. God is God handmade each and every one of us to do his work. He handmade each and every one of you to do his work, to do the good works that he's called you to do. So we're created to do that. And not only are we created to do the good works, but he's prepared us to do the good works. He's prepared us to do the things that God wants us to do. And we do those things not to earn God's love. We don't do the good things that he's called us to do. We don't fulfill our purpose because we're trying to earn his love. The cool thing about it is we fulfill our purpose because we receive God's love. Because he first loved us. Because we know that he loves us. We don't try to do anything. Anything we do on earth we can't earn his love. We can't earn anything from him. But we do it because we've received his love. Make sense? We believe that the light that Jesus is. We don't do those things. We don't do good to earn God's love. We do things because we believe he already loves us. We believe that we're created to do those things. We believe that we're prepared to do those things. He has good things lined up for each and every one of you. He has good things lined up for each and every one of you. He has specific tasks. He has a specific purpose. He has a specific plan lined up for each and every one of you. You know, one of the first times Jesus spoke publicly, one of his first sermons, he was about 30 years old and he's teaching people about who he is. And his first sermon, it's in Matthew chapter 5. In verse 14 it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. It's a pretty popular verse. And last week we looked at the fact that Jesus claimed to be the light. Right? We said, so Jesus was claiming to be the light. The word of God was the light. But then here, Jesus is actually saying, you, us, are the light of the world. And the word you there is actually a plural word. So he's not saying you, Timothy are the light of the world. He's not talking to one specific person. You is actually a plural word in this scripture, meaning you all, you all, the Texas translation would be y'all. Y'all are the light of the world. Y'all are the light. So many people are one light because the light in that scripture, that word is singular. So there's a plural you, you, y'all, y'all. Everyone say y'all. Y'all are the light, the one light. So if it was translated, it would be you are the one light of the world. And that's what we're called to do. Jesus is saying we are all one light. 
All together we are one light. And it says like a city on a hill. A city is made up, I mean, Austin is made up of a lot of different pieces. But the reality is it's, it's still one city. Austin. Does that make sense? A lot, of, a lot of surrounding pieces that make up the city of Austin, but it's still one city. And it says like a city on a hill. And then it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. See, the only way we can be effective is by allowing God to shine his light through us. That's the only way we'll fulfill the purpose that he's called us to. And when God is shining his light through us, people will not see us, but they will see him. And that's what it's all about. It's not, we, we're not trying to get the glory here. We're trying to point people to Jesus, right? We're trying to basically allow God to shine his light and just reflect it on other people. Because the truth is, without him, we can't do anything anyway. Without him, we can't do anything anyway. So why would we want people to look to us? Because we can't shine our own light. I can't produce light. You can't produce light. We can't produce our own lights. I'll prove it to you. Everyone make a light. Turn your light on. Turn your light on. We can't do it, no matter how hard we try. Because y'all are sinners, that's why you can't make your light go on. Um, no matter how hard we try, we can't make our own light. So, but what we can do is we can step into Jesus' light. We can allow his light to reflect on us. We can allow his light to shine through our lives. Because when Jesus wants me to be the light and I don't have the light, it doesn't make sense. If I can't make my own light, then how do I be a light if I'm not a light? Jesus has to shine his light through us. Make sense? So what do I do? What do we do to reflect his light? Because the reality is, anybody. Pastor Kim can't fix anybody. We're doing our best to, to reflect the light that's been placed in us that Jesus is shining on us. The reality is, is y'all need him. The world needs Jesus. And the only way we're going to allow the world to see Jesus and bump into Jesus is by reflecting the light that's in us. The reality is, is none of us are good enough to produce our own light. None of us are good enough to, to make a difference. It's only by Jesus' grace. It's only by his light shining through our lives. And all we have to do is reflect it. 
We can reflect that light in the places that he wants us to. We can reflect that light in all of those areas. When I was holding that mirror up, it was a lot easier to look at the light and not me, right? And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. It's not about us. We can't boast. Because he's shining his light through us. All I'm doing is reflecting his light. I'm not saying, hey, look at me. Look at all the cool things that I did. I'm just going to shine my light on the rest of you sinners. And I'm going to be a beaming light for Jesus. That's not what it's about. I'm just pointing people to him. It doesn't have anything to do with me, right? So you remember in the book of Exodus when Moses was talking to God and Moses is up on a mountain and he speaks to God and he comes down to talk to the people and they're like running from, they're like hiding from him because God's glory is on him so powerfully that the light is so bright that he has to put a veil on to talk to the people. And then he takes the veil off and he goes and talks to God and then he comes and talks to the people and he puts a veil on. And I'm telling you that because it sets up with the next few scriptures. But he would do this and he would he would put the he would put the veil on and it would basically dim the light of God's glory and God's presence. The light that was reflecting off of Moses, he would put that veil on. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, in verse 17 it says, Now the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is in the Spirit. Guys, as we are walking in the light, as we're allowing Jesus to shine his light on us, we're all taking steps and we're all growing. We're all allowing God to reveal the things that he wants us to clean out of our lives. We're, we're taking steps. It's, we're never going to be to the point where we say, ah, oh, I finally arrived. I'm here. Now I can start working, working on everybody else. No, we're all in this together. We're all in this together in this crazy life where it doesn't matter if you're, if you're the pastor of a church. It doesn't matter if you have all the experience. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what, you, what your background is. Like, we all have stuff. All of our lives are a mess. We all still struggle with things. And that's what Jesus has come to do is shine his light on those parts of our life. And we're all trying to be more like Jesus. But when we make the decision to not only allow Jesus to shine a light in the dark areas of our life, but when we actually decide that we're going to allow Jesus to invade our lives and take it a step further and say, you know what? I'm going to be a reflection of that light. Yes, I've received what Jesus has done for me. Now it's my turn to be a reflection of that light. Because what, G what Paul says is where the spirit of the Lord is, Jesus, where Jesus is, there is freedom. So if we're reflecting that light, healing takes place. People who are in need of clothes get clothes. People who are hungry get fed. People who are hopeless find a hope. People who need Jesus find Jesus. People who need peace find peace. People who need love find love when the Spirit is there, when that light is there, when we're reflecting that light of Jesus, there is freedom. And that's what freedom is. Everyone stand on your feet. So I guess the question would be how, right? There always has to be a how.
How do I shine the light that Jesus has in me? The light that Jesus is shining, how do we, how do we in turn shine that light back? The reality is all we got to do is do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He went to the dark places, the places where nobody else would go, hung out with people that nobody else wanted to hang out with. I mean, that's part of the reason we're on the east side of 35, because no other churches are over here, unfortunately. We're on this side of the hood. We're on this side of the highway. And, you know, if, if, if you go back 2,000 years ago and you show me a crowd that felt forgotten, you show me a people who didn't feel like God loved them, you show me people who wondered if God was mad at them, and Jesus was right in the midst. That's where Jesus was. You look for a crowd who was in need of, of hope. You look for a crowd who felt forgotten. That's where Jesus was. Jesus didn't hang out with the religious people. Follow his life all the way through the New Testament. He, those were the people that he challenged. He always was challenging the, the religious people. He hung out in the hood. That's where Jesus hung out. He hung out with the people who didn't feel good enough. He hung out with the people who wondered who God was, who doubted God. That's who Jesus hung out with. I mean, people, how many times do you see in the Bible, people are asking Jesus, why are you hanging out with people like that? The religious people constantly were asking him, why are you hanging out with him? Why are you hanging out with him? See, we're strategically here so we can do the same thing in a lost and broken city. You know, the city we're in right now is a city that feels forgotten. Is a city that doesn't that feels neglected, that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. And we're here to be a light and shine in this dark place. Because we can reflect our light, and that's all well and good. You know, I can reflect my light. We can reflect the light. But what happens if we all say, you know what, I want to reflect my light too? See, I can say, you know what, I'm going to reflect my light. And I can say, you know what, I'm going to reflect my light. That Jesus has shined in my life. And I'm going to be a good reflection. But what if we all said, you know what, we're going to partner up together. You know, the, the little light that I have, and we're going to partner up together and we're going to shine a light. It's a big difference when a bunch of little lights get together and shine the same light. Right? Look at the difference. Bunch of little mirrors, and this is what I see. This is what I see. I don't see just one person shining one big light. But what if a bunch of us together bring our lights together and we shine one big light in this city? I'm telling you, we can have one, 10, 20, 100, 1,000 lights, we can change a city. We can change that. If we all make the choice, I'm not going to just let the light sit here, but I'm going to actually reflect it. I'm going to do something. That's what church is. That's what Christmas is all about. That was the whole Christmas story. 
It's not complicated. There's so many people out there that have overcomplicated the Christmas story, overcomplicated church. This is what church is supposed to be. We're standing here worshiping him, talking, learning about him in the middle of a dark and broken and forgotten city, trying to shine a light. That's all we're here to do. What else is there to do? Live a Christian life, have you know a few kids, and have a nice car and a nice house? What's the point of that? Stay safe? What's the point of that? Right? Jesus said he's the light, and he wants us to believe it, and he wants us to do the same thing. He's not asking us to be born in Bethlehem in a manger. He's not asking us to be born in that same way. All he's asking us to do is follow him. So what can we do? What can we do? And I just want to challenge each and every one of you that are here tonight. What can you do is the question. And I want to say, I want to ask you, what, what gift are you going to give this season? Because the greatest gift you'll ever give can't be purchased at Walmart. The greatest and most expensive gift that, that you can give somebody this season is for you to search them out the way Jesus searched you out. Treat them the way he treats you. So who in your life, I want you to think about it, who in your life needs you to treat them the way Jesus did? Who in your life needs you to send them a text? Who in your life needs you to call them and let them know that you've forgiven them? Who in your life needs you to do what Jesus did? Who in your life needs you to shine a searchlight on their life? Maybe it's just calling and saying, you know what, thinking about you, love you. God will show you. God will show you what you need to do. Who in your life needs you to call them and treat them with the same forgiveness? What if you made it a goal every day? There's only a few more days left in this year. What if you made it a goal every single day for the rest of the year? You're going to shine light into somebody else's life. Whether it's your spouse. Somebody at the store, somebody you work with, friend, parent, child. What if you made it a goal to do that? That's how you can answer the call individually. That's how each one of you can answer that call. Think about it. Who is that person in your life? And then let's take it a step further. How about us as a church? How can you shine? How can we together shine that light? And you get involved. Get involved in what we're doing. Rearrange some things in your life to make it a priority to do whatever it is that we decide to do. Because there's going to be plenty of opportunity. There, I feel it. Like this place is hungry for people to put in the work. And we're willing to do it. We're willing to put in the work to shine the light that Jesus has. I need you all's help. I need you to jump in, jump all in. Anybody that you know that wants to get involved, we need it. Because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make history in this city. There's no doubt about it. Amen. Dear God, we just thank you so much, God. And I just pray for every person in this place tonight, Lord God. I pray that you would just show them who it is that they need to be Jesus to. Who it is that they need to, to extend forgiveness to? Who is it that needs to hear that they love them? Who is it that needs that light shine into their life? 
show us every single day. Give us one person, Jesus, that we can shine our light, shine your light into their dark life, Lord God. We want to be a light. We want to reflect your light, Jesus. And I just pray right now, God, as we're all standing here together, God, God, we, we would call the people that you have. You already know who belongs here, Lord God. You already know who's, who belongs here, Lord God. You already know who's going to be used in this place to expand your kingdom, to shine your light into this lost and broken world, into this city.